0: Welcome to the iSmart Podcast Show with Tom Rogers, founder and CEO of iSmart Networks. We help connect entrepreneurs with key partnerships to build financial freedom. The average millionaire has seven streams of income, and our guests reveal how they created multiple streams in their businesses. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around for the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you could be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily transformational podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go.
1: Okay, thanks for joining IceMar podcast on the show today. We have louis valentine he's actually the co-founder and ceo of verify my diamond that utilizes blockchain technology to tap into an asset without pawning it um he was one of the first people in the 1980s to develop women's jeans using the current technology then and he also created a fuel additive for diesel engines um, that sold off within two years and uh really he's just he's just developed the first diamond um database that has currently two billion dollars worth of diamonds registered in blockchain Uh, It's really great to have you on the show, Louis. There's a lot of things that we got to talk about here. Um, But if we could just go into uh, your founder story a little bit, Uh, we'd all like to know kind of where you're from.
2: Uh, Well, I'm a California boy. Uh, Basically, I've been here my whole life. I went to uh, San Clemente High School and um, enjoyed the beach life.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't sound like a bad life at all. You know, California is amazing. Um, so So you're kind of like the OC area. And did you just kind of did you where did you where did you go to school did you go to school for business or where you where what was your kind of a upbringing
2: i went from sc to usc so sc from san Clemente high uh straight to uh university of southern california um and got a degree in biology and poly minored in poli sci okay cool. use either one of those uh degrees uh my current yeah business.
1: that's not even anything know <laughs> no, no no correlation between blockchain technology or women's genes at all <laughs> so um so what did you did you you finish your degree and then did you get a job after that and then you're what was that process like
2: yes um after deciding well, the the idea of the the getting trying to get a uh uh, a degree in biology and then moving on i decided that um the purpose was for medicine and i decided that medicine and schooling just wasn't for me anymore so um so i went in and just started hustling and getting a job my father was not you know happy about the fact that i just did four years of college and then didn't pursue a a medical uh, career. But uh, business was my calling. Uh, It it has been since I was 12 years old, creating a little bike shop uh, in my uh, little backyard in South Pasadena um, all the way until today. It's just, I've been, I like to develop and create uh, unique items and services and uh, that's what I like to do.
1: So where did the actual inspiration come from? I mean, it sounds like your parents weren't really entrepreneurs. They didn't own businesses or anything like that, or did they?
2: No, my parents actually are not. I mean, my father is a salesman in in, uh, rugs and antiques. Um, But the creative part, I have have to say, this is a gift from God. I think entrepreneurs who are creative and and do things like this is a talent uh, no different than a a basketball player or a singer. These are just gifts.
1: Yeah, it's just something that like stems from within. Um, yeah. You feel you feel so motivated uh, to to pursue that direction that you really just can't, you know, <laughs> go work for someone else and help them create their dreams. So, what was your very first uh, business success? Uh,
2: the first business success, um, I think it was the fuel additive uh, that made the most money in a short amount of st- uh, short amount of time. Um, it wasn't the first one, but it was the most successful. Um, uh, that was a time that the EPA had lowered the emissions on, on uh, the amount of uh, uh, sulfur that could be in oils, and they lowered the uh, the content. And diesel engines need oil, and so uh, the additive re- replaced that oil that was missing within the fuel, the diesel fuel, and made the engines run smoother and cleaner. Um, and it was uh, it was EPA approved, and. Um, we had it on the market a very short time in some stations, and then shortly afterwards, it was sold off to an oil company.
1: Yeah, that's that's really fantastic. How did you get into that? Because I know you have a you had a degree in biology, right? So, I mean, did that like kind of help that process?
2: Well, what helped that process was, was my cousin who has a degree in chemistry yeah. uh, from Harvard, and uh, he and yeah, I, that, I <laughs> put this together. <laughs> yeah.
1: Cool. So you, you were kind of like the guy that just kind of pushed it, you know, you pursued it, you know, you helped kind of like guide the process and then you mount, you said you'd sold it to, um, so like a, like a fuel company
2: or an oil company. Yes.
1: An oil company. Nice. Um, so did you take the, the, the money from that sale and then you started to, you know, go into women's jeans
2: afterwards? Um, about that. Yes. About that time. I did use a lot of that money, uh, for the jean industry. Uh, trying to do something again, not knowing anything about the garment industry. Um, it was a tough road. Um, it was also bad timing. Sometimes in businesses, you have to have good timing. The timing was not very good as far as um, doing the jean business. That was when we were first in the first Gulf War and people were really glued on to what's going on in this world. That's not was the first war since Vietnam that we were in. And yeah. um, so it was a, it was a tough go in retail.
1: And so you're the first person to develop women's jeans and using the technology. Then, so you you essentially you found the technology that just made it easier for women's jeans to be developed, correct?
2: Yes, it was it was really an, intended to try to make every size available for for women. Um, it was a great idea. Got it into some great stores. It was Barney's, New York, uh, Nordstrom, um, but it was it was short lived. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no
1: worries. Um, so it sounds like it was, a, it was a bit of a blip inside of your, inside your whole career. What led you into the the diamond kind of industry, the, the diamond database industry? You know, uh, we were talking previously, you've been in this industry for over 20 years. So did you start it around in the 1980s, like around the women's unions time?
2: No, no. The diamond, the getting into the diamond, uh, the jewelry industry was, was much later. It was in the 90s. It was 1999. Okay. Um, it was 1998 when a friend of mine was importing emeralds from Colombia, and he was taking them to jewelry stores and I was telling and he asked me to come along and I did and I go, uh, there's got to be a better way to try to uh, sell this, uh, these emeralds rather than going door to door to these people like a vacuum cleaner salesman. So um, that's and then he basically knew a lot about software and stuff and he introduced me to. The technology was using a platform um, that was uh, basically uh, what Facebook is, but on a B two B level for the jewelry industry, where people would communicate what they had, what they wanted, and so forth. And I said to my friend at the time, I said it would be a great time to try to do something like this, uh, utilizing technology, um, getting on the ground floor of this. Um,
1: 1999.
2: Long story short, he did say, "Yeah, let's do it," and. Really, the, uh, the idea was not to get into jewelry industry, but the idea was to do something technology wise. It just happened to be in the jewelry industry.
1: Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> it's not a bad that industry to get into, yes. right? <laughs> uh, so, so for now, it's you know it's it's 2020, and uh, you know it sounds like you had over 21 years of developing this. How did it first start out? Was it just like a website that had some initial database, you know, um, capabilities, and then you would just tell your friends and other people that hey, you could. You could register your diamonds or your assets on there? Uh,
2: yes, yeah, so initially it was just a platform for people to communicate, again, to try to compete with that other platform that was created. We thought that there was some other opportunity to build on that. But that slowly, over a, a few years, evolved into a hey, listen, a lot of these jewelers are missing out on the opportunity to be online. Um, so let's get them online. Let's build websites for them. Let's integrate marketing tools uh, to make it interactive so they can you know, go beyond their brick and mortar store and just introduce themselves on a much larger scale. And so uh, that was the idea. We helped build websites, integrate marketing tools to make it interactive. Um, and from then on, it just evolved. I mean, today, the Gemfind is, is a thriving uh, business. I'm no longer involved, but you know now they're doing all kinds of marketing, you know, uh, to try to bring consumers on in, in different means.
1: Cool. So, so Gemfine was the first kind of the development that was for that, that you went, you, you were the co-founder of that, or you just yes, kind of like.
2: I, I co-founded that with a, with a friend of mine.
1: And then you, you developed that for about 10 years or so. When did Verify My Diamond income after Gemfine?
2: Yeah, 10 years at, at uh, Gemfine from 1999 to 2009. In 2010, I created another platform for diamond manufacturers. And these are the guys who buy diamonds rough, cut and polish and then submit to uh, laboratories. Uh, like GIA down here in Carlsbad. The idea was that these diamonds, which would get submitted, these polished diamonds to the the labs for grading reports, would generally take two, three, four weeks by the time they got the grading report and was ultimately sent back to the owners. I said, wouldn't it be great to introduce these diamonds while they were getting a grading report and introduce them to the trade instantly. So bring uh, marketing of the diamond that was gonna be made available. Uh, to trade professionals. And long story short, I mean, it took quite a few people to try to make this happen because you're talking about an international consortium of people from diamond manufacturers that are all over the world to the labs, which are also happen to be all over the world to bring them all together. But it did happen. It took two years with some with some really good pioneers within the industry um, to help me do this. And we launched a daily diamond report.
1: Daily diamond report. And so that really helped the manufacturers register all their diamonds on there.
2: That helped the, uh, that helped the uh, manufacturer of those diamonds pre-market their diamonds. Which is amazing. Um, yeah. and that and you was were the first platform to do that? Yes.
1: Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> yes. It's like the, that's like the standard then essentially uh, you like, you like, you like developed a new standard in the whole diamond industry.
2: Uh, yes. I think a lot of things that, I, again, we did from gem Find all the way through to today has been things that have never been done before.
1: I love it. Um, so did you exit that and you just kind of like, um, uh, and then, and then started it. To- that,
2: that, that evolved. Again, I, I could take what, what we learned from the daily diamond report. And of course, all of the uh, people that were involved at the time who participated in that, that is evolving into what uh, is happening today with verify my diamond and blockchain technology. They realized that bringing transparency, uh, of the diamonds, the source, the origin, all that is being asked for by consumers. Um, And so the idea is to use this technology and bring this transparency ultimately from trade to consumer. And also one thing that's never been actually done before is the status of a diamond. Now, what I mean by that is, do you know if the diamond that you're buying at at your local jewelry store or a chain store is new or not? When I mean new, do you know if somebody else had owned it before yeah either, is the girl who's going to wear this is she the first to wear it right or is she is someone else worn this diamond so yeah, that's an important piece because
1: essentially you can track it from the very very you know origins of it all the way down the line to you know how many times it was purchased if it's continually being registered and bought
2: through the same database exactly and that's what blockchain can do it could it could uh introduce the um not only the origin but also the history of the diamond as long as the chain in a blockchain does not break you can you can continue that um, lineage yeah super cool
1: so you essentially transferred all the diamond the diamond database from gemfine to verify my diamond no. a, oh, it was oh wasn't no
2: no no we no I, we did not transfer it on it we it was started from scratch
1: wow and so, so since then the in that, in industry. 2009 you've done over 2 billion dollars since 2009
2: no, the two billion dollars in diamonds has only been going on for eight months. <laughs> <laughs> only eight months.
1: Okay, well, that's a good start, you know. <laughs>
2: <Yes>. <laughs> no, because again, the idea is: first of all, the diamonds are out there. Okay, there there are there are lots of diamonds out there, and these diamond manufacturers understand the importance of this information, the history, the origin that the consumers are seeking, and so it's not hard to build a database. Uh, quickly amongst the trade professionals that, of course, I have the experience of knowing in my in, in my twenty years, um, and and getting them to participate. Um, yeah. So they realize the importance of it, and they're doing everything they can to help the consumers as well.
1: Oh, cool. so the goal here, as far as like creating revenue, from what I hear, you know, you had different things that you know you were able to then take things that you created, like the fuel additive that was sold to the oil company, and then you know the different. You, you, you dabbled in the women's jeans. That probably developed some good revenue. Probably a good a good learning curve there. But the main thing that really led you was just into the technology space in the diamond industry and how your how the company is is producing revenue is by taking whatever you know asset, whatever diamonds, whatever they're putting into the registry, and then giving loans at a certain percentage against that um, asset.
2: That is correct. And this is a this is a first where the consumers will be able to tap into the diamonds asset without relinquishing the diamond, um, to like, to like a pawn shop.
1: Right guys. So that's pretty cool. I mean, you think about it when you're, I mean, when I was first starting, uh, my business, uh, I was at this very, very low, very difficult time. And you know, I needed, I needed to basically get some money because my, I couldn't pay for my cell phone bill. So I had a laptop and I had to pawn my laptop to be able to get like enough money to get my cell phone bill. I had to go to the physical store and like assess it and blah blah blah, um, and that was just like I I never really dealt with pawn shops you know very much but I don't even think I even got the laptop back I was like just you know just keep it <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, and I just moved on and I partnered with another individual and we started to scale the company so it it got much better but uh you know it sounds like that whole process can be quite you know, straining and especially with COVID right now and, and every and everything it's it's like people don't really want to. Um, continue to go outside for you know just whatever reasons. So if you can negate the fact of going you know to a to a place you know like being like the Amazon of you know diamonds or whatever, everything's delivered, everything's like in person, right? So it sounds like that you, you know you kind of solve that problem. What is the like main benefit? I mean, what or maybe what are some pain points around pawning um, a diamond you know at a store compared to you know what you guys are doing with blockchain technology?
2: Well again, the consumer is going to have a choice whether they want to pawn it or I mean, it, 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 it's the same thing. The idea is to get money for an asset. If the customer uh, if the consumer wants to pawn it, they, you know the objective is to get money. In our case, it's the same thing. We're giving you money, but we're saying, you know what? We know everything we know the history of the diamond. We know everything about you because you registered the diamond. Mm-hmm. Um, and the diamond obviously has met the criteria. Uh, to be in the blockchain, um, and you can easily, you can tap into it. We'll give you, uh, just like a home, we'll give you, uh, based on our evaluation of what the current market value of the diamond is, we'll lend you a percentage of that diamond. We're not going to give you 100% for it. We're not buying it. We're going to lend you, lend you a percentage, just like if you were to get a line of credit on your home. You're getting a percentage. And um, a diamond is something is is very important to a person. This is not uh, a laptop, okay? Mm-hmm. this This is... A, this means something to to the woman wearing this uh, It's not easy for them to just to relinquish it even if they're not married the fact that they have a diamond They don't really necessarily just want to give it up uh, And they may need money for a short period of time till things get better like you know, the, the things that we're going through today um, And that is gonna happen. This is just the way history is we go through good economies bad economies There are times when people need money good times or bad times. Yeah, and we're gonna no, just bring in, we're just bringing the 21st century lending of an asset um to to the 21st century uh market
1: and so it's really intriguing here like this whole kind of restructure of a very very large industry right so i can see why a person wouldn't want to give the diamond to you know the pawn shop because now they have it you know and you know it's kind of like the whole pain pain process there are relinquishing something if it does go bad and they don't you know they kind of uh, they default on their loan or something like that. Is there like some kind of rep, like rep, uh, like a, like a repossession of the diamond that happens or what's that
2: process like? Yeah. Excellent question. Um, we have taken all the, because of blockchain technology again, because it's available to us and because we, this diamond is registered just like a home. A bank has a lien on your home because okay. you, they have given you a loan and there's a, there's a bank lien, and same thing here. Your diamond will have will be leaned by, by uh, the lender, by us. And um, the diamonds, I'm not uh, I'm not sure if you're aware, but in order for the diamond to be in the blockchain and to have the opportunity to borrow against it, um, is one, it has a grading report. Two, the, the grading report has a serial number on it. That serial number is laser inscribed onto the diamond. So think of it as like a VIN number to a car. You can't see it with the naked eye on the diamond, uh, but it's there. And that correlates with the diamond. So it's leaned based on that serial number, that grading report. And um, they have to just follow the rules as far as our lending uh, services go um, in order to, to qualify and get a loan. But they can't. And the diamond is, is protected.
1: Okay. And if they, if they do default, then I guess it would just be like, hey, you know, you said notice saying you have to send the diamond in because they default on the loan.
2: You know, we have something else that's very exciting that, that's going to be coming forth um, with eBay. And um, eBay is doing a very good job of bringing um, authentication to a lot of its luxury goods, high-end, high-end uh, products. Uh, they, they've started with um, handbags, Louis Vuittons, Chanel's, and so forth. Very successful with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're moving on to uh, sneakers. And one of the things that uh, we've been talking to eBay about is diamonds. And to bring verification of the consumer diamond for consumers who wish to sell it. And so eBay is going to be coming out in the future with a new service. I don't want to say because it's not out yet, but it will bring an opportunity for the consumers to be able to sell peer-to-peer. Nice. Okay.
1: A little bit of a cliff and thing so we, here. I love
2: it. <laughs> we will help the consumers who can't afford to pay their payments on the loan, help them sell it wow. for true market value. We don't yeah. want to repossess the diamond. We right. want to help them, one, help them pay, loan them the money when they need it. But if they can't pay the loan, help them sell the diamond at true market value.
1: I love it. Yeah, it's like, it's like an easier kind of position there, right? You're helping them in the process of, you know, just fulfilling their payments and, and even giving them a, a route to be able to do all that. Uh, so, you know, it's a, it's a, I think the, I love, really love the concept. I, I mean, I think it's amazing. What are the, what are the uh, ways that you like, or once the diamond is loaned, what are the percentage rates that the company will make on top of the diamonds? Like a 5% interest rate or something like that? What are the standard interest rates on loan? No,
2: it, it, it's, it's up there. It's, it's like, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, I, 19 to 22% okay. is, is standard for, for, um, it's like a, you know, credit card, high credit card. Okay. Uh,
1: that i mean that's great though i mean that's, yeah. i mean obviously that's uh it's a very risky asset right i mean it's like yes. you know they they're keeping in possession of it the entire time um so it does make sense that it would be a high risk kind of situation uh, so what's your what's your goal with with uh with verifying diamond at the end of the day you know you've eight months in you got two billion dollars worth of diamonds that are already registered in it. what are your what are your plans
2: it's actually two billion dollars and billion, right <laughs> and um our goal really is to create the world's largest diamond registrar, is to register about a million diamonds a year. Now, one thing interesting is this this service isn't necessarily just for people who buy diamonds today. It, this service is for millions and millions of consumers that already have diamonds in their possession. They should have the same opportunities if somebody walk in and buy a diamond today, the opportunity to tap into this asset because the asset is an asset. Um, so our goal is to register as many diamonds as possible and give this opportunity to the consumers and one of th- and to make it very easy for the consumer to manage this asset is we're going to be launching a an app called gem wallet uh which will take all of the backend administration that we've done and verify my diamond and build it into this app so the consumer can have easy access to to this uh to this money through this app yes
1: yeah, so you don't have to go in and you know take a loan out for your diamond you just have your diamonds and you're just going to register your diamonds. And then if you do need the money, it's already there and you can
2: easily withdraw it. That's right. You can just tap into it anytime. It's going to be very, very simple.
1: I love it. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Honestly, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's just like a, one other, one other thing that you can have, you know, in your little bucket list of, of, of assets and resources to do whatever you want with. Very cool. Um, so last thing we want to talk about is just like the pandemic, you know, and how this whole, you know, um, Industry has been affected by it. Have you seen a drop in sales or a drop in registers, registries of, of diamonds within the uh, within the database? Or have you seen a really? It sounds like eight months since like January two billion dollars. So is it, I mean, maybe it's the opposite?
2: No, actually, there has been a drop off. Uh, we were at the uh, before COVID registering approximately five thousand diamonds a week, and that has dropped off. Uh, matter of fact, it dropped off quite a bit in the height of the pandemic in March and April when, when things were shut down. You got to remember, yeah, uh, uh, the laboratories weren't grading diamonds. The manufacturers, um, you know, all over the world were shut down in a sense. They weren't manufacturing diamonds like they were. It's it's a slow process of getting back to to a normalcy. Um, we have seen a, a pickup in the last uh, couple of months, but you know, right now we have three hundred fifty thousand. Register diamonds in, in the blockchain. Uh, if if it wasn't for COVID, I think we'd be well close to five hundred thousand diamonds. Yeah. Um, but not we'll get there. We'll get there. And I think what is what uh, COVID has done for us, it has allowed us to speed up the process of development, to to concentrate on not on the sales aspect of what we're trying to do because we couldn't reach a lot of our partners, which are manufacturers and retailers, uh, but it hone in on Creating something like the Gem Wallet, and yeah. so we are just weeks away from from launching that.
1: And our pawn shops being hurt from this whole process too. I'm sure.
2: You know what? Pawn shops uh, take in all kinds of goods and serv- uh, goods, uh, okay. whether it be your laptop or bicycles, yeah, or they do anything. Or it's like or not very. Value. It's not very
1: specific. It's not super all niche. You guys are going very, very niche.
2: We're going. We're going with diamonds, right? And and not all diamonds. We're going with natural diamonds, not not lab grown diamonds.
1: Cool. So it sounds like, you know, and by the time this is all done, the pandemic's over, you guys are going to continue registering diamonds. It sounds like this is also something that will be better than the current direction, right? Of, of going to a pawn shop. I always felt that going to a pawn shop felt a little dirty. It didn't feel very classy, you know, it was all over the place. Um, not the, not the best of quality individuals, you know, sometimes go there, uh, and if you're dealing with, you know, a lot of assets, you want to keep those, you know, you're thinking that they're going to be safe, more safe with you than, um, than at a pawn shop. Can, can this technology and everything also be utilized for other things? Like, you know, could it be utilized for bicycles or, you know, like everything else that's like being pawned at a pawn shop? Can you expand?
2: Yeah, we are going to expand. We're starting with loose diamonds. Eventually, we will get into color diamonds. Uh, we will also get into colors precious gemstones such as rubies, sapphires, emeralds, uh, anything that's uh, basically has been registered, excuse me, uh, graded. so we know the the history of where it's coming from, what it is, the value of it. Um, and yes, you can tap into that asset. you can you can do that with with watches. Um, and there's a lot of things out there that I think uh, that we're not doing, but certainly, there's a lot of assets out there that people can do, but I, and it's all going to home. It's all going to be well protected and, and registered and put in a database, all because of blockchain technology.
1: Yeah, that it's a super safe technology. I mean, sure. it makes sense. This whole this direction is really expanding in many different ways, and a lot of people think by the end of the year, you know, we're going to have a lot more blockchain, you know, in our society. Than ever before, with everything that's going on. So
2: I would say within a decade, almost everything that you see online now, as far as from banking to whatever, is going to be driven by transparency and blockchain, blockchain technology.
1: It's amazing. I love it. Well, um, is there anything right now that you're looking for, Lewis, as far as like certain partnerships um, for Verify My Diamond, or is there any specific? Are you um, think? Because we have a, quite a large resource, and our, our audience is pretty amazing. Uh, anyone that that you're currently shooting for right now?
2: Well, we, we have made uh, a large part. We have made some significant affiliate partnerships with uh, people within the industry and outside the industry. One is one of our uh, biggest is Jewelers Mutual, which is uh, provides insurance for, for diamonds and jewelry and so forth. Uh, and the other one is Synchrony Bank, which actually, you know, uh, basically lends on just about anything uh, from your refrigerator TVs to jewelry um, to the Gap, I <laughs> mean. That's interesting. So, um, Synchrony does uh, do a lot of lending, um, and uh, they are one of our, our partners for this for this venture.
1: So, if like an individual or a company, you know, has a lot of assets and they want to, you know, utilize blockchain technology to, you know, verify it and uh, tap in into the asset in a new way. Uh, they should probably reach out to you. Absolutely. Cool. Uh, how do they how do they how do they reach out to you, Lewis? How do they just go to verifymydiamond.com or or what's the best best route to getting hold of you?
2: I think verifymydiamond.com right now is is the best way to uh, to reach us. They can go right on there, um, fill out the form, contact form, and submit it an email to us. Our phone number is on there. Um, but we're very excited to uh, introduce the wallet pretty soon. So we hope that millions of people. Uh, downloading this app onto their phones and utilizing the the uh the tools that are going to be on here for this asset
1: i love it man yeah lots of lots of great things sounds like you're always ahead of the curve everything from women's jeans to fuel additives to now like just tapping into a massive industry i wish you all the best hopefully i'll have you on the show a little bit later on this year and uh we can get you to a million Diamonds registered, right? I mean, that's 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 very easily attainable. I think with the, with the direction you're going. So, thank you so much, Lewis, for being on the show today. And we'll talk to you uh, a little bit later. Thank you, my pleasure.
0: Thanks for listening to the iSmart Podcast Show. If you are a business owner with multiple streams of income or professional who would like to be on the daily program, please visit iSmartNetworks.com/slash/guest. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you do that, tag us with hashtag iSmartPodcast. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. What do you win? We'll promote you and your business to our media fans totally free. Can you also hook us up in your podcast player right now? Please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. While you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow. That's right. Seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the iSmart Podcast.